Amazon Business honors Ricardo Gurgel, owner of Veggie Root Tavern. This week, Ricardo saved big and used Amazon Business to help his team buy commercial deep fryers at a quantity discount. Because even veggies can be fried. I'm going to need two orders of fried fiddleheads. With business buying easier than before, Ricardo now uses his extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. Mmm, fiddleheads. Yum. Hello and welcome to the Big Bark Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the canine world. Each week, we talk to different professionals working in the canine industry across Ireland, from pet shop owners to groomers, behaviour specialists and vets. We will be discussing hot topics with our puppy panel, reviewing the best products, food and treats, the best places to take your dog on a day out and the most dog-friendly venues in Ireland. We'll also be chatting with dog owners to find out more about the bonds that make a dog man's best friend. Your host for this podcast is Dara Burke, a dog lover with a passion for canine psychology and behaviour. Dara's own dogs, Bruno and Millie, will also join in from time to time and will be sure to offer their own big bark along the way. Time to bring on your host and start the show. episode four of the big bark podcast the canine podcast that comes to you from the heart of the midwestern ireland limerick city and brings you the latest doggy news from all over the world we have a very exciting show for you today we're going to be chatting with Kieran, the owner of Muttmets Ireland, and Muttmets provide environmental waste solutions to tackle the issue of, well, boop, boopy boop, and in general, dog waste in Ireland. We have, as always, we have a puppy panel, and we have my wonderful canine co-host my wonderful fantastic golden labrador millie who is here cuddle up to me looking for lots of attention as she is in every episode i also have bruno who is my cool as a breeze sound asleep right now blood odor who loves nothing more than generally sit on top of my lap and pretend that he is still a tiny puppy believe it or not it's quite comfy First of all, I want to say a big thanks, as always, to our amazing fans, our followers, our subscribers of The Big Bark, and to all our followers over on Instagram and Facebook of BarkingMad.ie. We just got the latest figures, which show that episode one and episode two went straight in at number one of the Pets and Animals podcast category in iTunes for Ireland and the UK, while episode three came in at number three in the charts, which for a podcast that's only up starting out is pretty freaking awesome. So thanks to everyone for sharing the podcast, for listening week in, week out, and a huge thanks to everyone who entered our competition over on Instagram last week. I have the winner of that. I'm going to announce it at the end of the show. So we're going to be chatting to our puppy panel shortly. Uh, we've got another amazing competition to give away, which again, I'll announce at the end of the show. I don't want to like announce it now. I kind of want to leave people hanging a small bit. Sorry guys, just get everyone to listen in. Uh, but 
let's just get right into this and let's meet our puppy panel for today. Joining me today is Emma, the owner of Polo, a beautiful boxer who made headlines locally in Limerick as the Limerick entrant of the Nose of Tralee competition, which is run by Petsehills Ireland. Hello, Emma. Hello. And I'm also joined on the line by Ola, who is the owner of Happy Paws in Dublin and owner uh, of the 11-year-old retriever collie cross called Baxter. Hi, Ola. How are you doing? Hiya. Good, not about her. Emma, I'm going to start with you. Uh, tell us about the Nose of Tralee and tell us about Polo being the entrant for Limerick for Nose of Tralee. I was about to say Rose of Tralee, but <laughs> Nose of Tralee is so much better. Um, so it's run by Pet Service Ireland. They've been doing it for about six years now. Um, I think it was last year that I saw it on Instagram or Facebook or somewhere and I was like, oh God, I wish I could have put Polo into that. She would have been great. So then obviously I was following Pet Service Ireland this year when it came around and I was like, oh, I have to enter into it. But I never thought she'd get far. I just thought it was kind of cute and funny that there was an also Tralee and it was adorable that my dog was going to be put into it. So then when I was told that she was the Limerick nose, I was like, wow, we didn't think she'd get that far. So no, it's been so much fun. Like we've been bringing her to the post office and to 101 uh, bar just down the road and a few other businesses just to get yeah, her promoted so people would know about the competition. Like it was great fun. I know she didn't win, but it was still so much fun having her in it. Brilliant. And you were on a video clip that's online on Live 95, the local station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about that, because Polo, you were mentioning earlier on our air to me that uh, he, Polo was a bit distracted. Yeah, so he wanted to interview Polo, but obviously she didn't speak. And uh, every time he tried to talk to her, she just got distracted by the seagulls. So she just completely turned her body facing the other way. So then he was asking me the questions. But no, it's a good clip there. She gave him a few kisses in it as well. Oh, lovely. Good, good. And Orla, tell me a bit there about uh, about your dog, about Baxter. Um, Baxter, he's a retriever collie cross. Um, so he basically looks like a black lab but, or black retriever even when he has his long hair. He's got groomed, so he looks now like just a black labrador. Um, he's brilliant. He just wants to be by your side all the time and he's absolutely amazing. He recently passed the assessment to be like a therapy dog, so we're going to start going to nursing homes soon and visiting the elderly in nursing homes. So he's such a people person, he'd absolutely love it. So I know he's going to love it just as much as the elderly are going to enjoy him being there. Brilliant. Awesome. And Ola, you're a dog walker, uh, professionally a dog walker, dog trainer on dog, is that correct? I am, yeah. I started my own business there six months ago, so it's really actually kicking off the last two or three months, so I'm doing really well at the moment, so I'm happy. <laughs> I believe uh, you know Kelly, who we had on uh, last week as well. Uh, Kelly was on actually episode two and three. She came back for yeah. more on episode three. So. <laughs> yeah, I was actually only over her today, and her dog, Marley, he's actually gorgeous. He's so cute. Lovely. So. So, okay, uh, what I want to touch on as well with both of like the bonds that are there between our dogs and, and us, and like, what is it that you feel, uh, Emma, that makes like Polo like just such a special dog? I, 
it's so hard to describe. She's just, she's just the sweetest dog you could ever meet. Like even with her brothers and sisters now, like she, if they start arguing, like she'll split it up. Or if we're arguing, she'll leave the room. Like she just hates conflict. And she's just, she's so sweet. She's always there to comfort you. And like when she got sick there a few months ago, she got, had an operation on her spleen. She had a tumor. And, um, I wasn't told at the time, I suppose, because my family knew that I'd be very upset, but it was a very um, touch and go surgery. Like she could have bled out, but she didn't. And I think her having the surgery and her being so close to death kind of made me realize that she actually means so much to me and I really don't want to lose her. Like she's eight now, which is pretty old for a boxer. Yeah. yeah. And all that, what about uh, Baxter? Like, how would you describe the bond that's there between the two of you? Baxter was pretty much Baxter was the run to the litter so I don't know whether, when I took him home for the first six weeks he literally just I'd sleep on the sofa and he slept on my chest so I don't know if that made him like an extra clingy dog but I don't mind I didn't mind doing that time like he had to be hand fed and stuff he wouldn't eat dog food or anything so he had to get like special food and I mushed it up and hand fed him and stuff for them I don't know he just like he always know like say if like, I had bad anxiety one day or had a bad day in work and came home he'd know immediately he was just looking at me and he'd literally just I sat down the sofa, he'd plant himself on top of me and he'd literally just like, I'll oh, cuddle you, it's okay. <laughs> so forget about what happened today. Like, now you're home with me, I'll fix you and stuff like that. He's just amazing. Like, he always knows my meals and stuff like, if I'm having a good day or a bad day or, you know, if you wake up in a bad mood, like, you just go down to the kitchen and he's there and he's like, forget about everything else and just give me a cuddle. Like, <laughs> he's just amazing. Like, he's really good at judging your meals and stuff like that as well. Like, I like that if someone's actually upset or say if you were crying and you walked into the room with Baxter, he'd be like, like he, it's unseparable like he would literally just sit on your lap even though he's a big dog he has like small dog syndrome he literally get up on top of you and be like it's okay I'm here don't worry about this much so he's really really good at judging me and stuff like and you know what though like that's that's really true even for my own dogs like they're, they're like big babies they're just what you're saying there well he'll get up and have your lap like Bruno and Millie are the same. Bruno doesn't actually realise that he's not a little puppy anymore. He literally comes into the couch and will actually just sit full force on top of me or Jen and just like, just sit in his chest last night. And she was like, geez, you're choking me, but I don't want to get you off because you're so cute. That happens at our house, but with all three boxers on top of you. like and At once? Yeah. Oh, wow. They love to pile onto each other and they don't care if you're on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm going to do first of all is I'm going to talk about a couple of different topics that we have here now uh, these will probably be I suppose um, two that you would be uh, very familiar with one of these is in relation to dog fouling and you mentioned to me earlier on today about a dispenser that you put up in your local area and yeah. so one third of all councils in Ireland, like county and city councils, have not issued a single fine for dog fouling. And in 2018, only four fines were issued in Dublin. So, like, you can be sure there was a hell of a lot more offence than that. Yeah. But, like, it's the same down here in Limerick as well. Just a few different points here. Like, does it very, like, really inadequate uh, bin and dispenser services in many cities and counties? And, like, Limerick actually, uh, was starting to care on for Muckmets. Limerick has actually broken the worst for bins and dispenser units. So, oh, really? There is only one actual dog bag dispenser unit that I've seen myself, and that is out in Castle Troy in the community of Arco outside there. There's no actual, like, dog bag dispenser units anywhere in the city. 
I contacted the council myself about this. I con- contacted five different councillors, none of whom would actually comment. And the uh, environment department upon were actually not available for comment. Now, Ola, tell me, what's like? What's it like in Dublin? Like that's because it's only four finds. It's kind of surprising, just because like I've walked in loads of different areas around Dublin. Like the majority of areas, even residential, they have signs on every second or third. Like. Um, it's got a light post that you will be fined but there's no one enforcing it like but there is like in my local park where my mom lives there was a dog warden who spent there I'd say three months in 2018 literally just standing there in plain clothes but he would go over to you but if you had a second poo bag on you he wouldn't find you he used to be like oh well if you have a poo bag and you have a spare poo bag that's okay once if you went back and picked up your poo he wouldn't find you like but it literally took him stalking that one little tiny park like I say it was about three acres like just a small little community park and he used to be there for three months because there was a bad issue there was about 500 pool bags piled up in a corner like so everybody was picking up but just fucking it there because sorry throwing it there because everybody else was doing it you know kind of way like people yeah. are picking it up there's a lot of I think littering of pool bags in Dublin like even walking down the road I'd see pool bags left right and centre people are picking it up but they're not bringing it home yeah, and I think it's a it's a problem in most counties. Now, what we'll hear in the clip from Kiran is like he has actually worked with nearly every county council in Ireland. It, it is like a real, a real bad issue, and I suppose from an environment and health point of view, it's like it's and a- they should take a leaf out of America's book because I have a friend that lives in Boston, and if there's a dog poo found. Uh, it's actually taken away and tested and mm. you find out what dog it's from. Like when you get a dog, it's law that you have to get their DNA tested so if they have it on file. So then if you foul somewhere in the city, then they're going to find out that it was you and they'll find you. All right, so joining me now is Kieran from Mottmitz. Uh, how are you doing, Kieran? Oh, great. Thanks, Tara. Thanks for uh, inviting me on to your podcast. So, Kieran, tell me a bit about Mottmitz. Well, very simply, Mutmitz was formed uh, in 2012, late 2012. Uh, I was had been in the United States. I saw these dispensers on a walkway. I said, God, I checked them out, and I rang the company. I said, this would be a good idea. So I um, went to a place called Rabbit Hash in Kentucky, and I spoke to the owners there, and we thought, yeah, this would be a good idea for Ireland. They thought it was great. I thought it was great. So went from there, and uh, it's, it's been running ever since. Okay, and um, when did you when did you, uh, start it up in Ireland? Or? Well, we, we started up in Ireland 2012-ish. It was more really 2013 because I'd been away in London at the London Olympics in most of the end of 2012, from June until October, November. So it was really after that we, we got going. So you could say 2013. Okay, awesome. And tell me about the, the, product, the products themselves. The products at the moment, we, we deal mainly in bag dispensers and uh, mutmet bags. So what we have at the moment, we have a presence in about 26 counties all over the Republic. Uh, the only counties at, at the present that um, we probably wouldn't have a great uh, presence in would be... Counties like Sligo, Longford, Leash, a few, you know, a few of those um, counties. But we have the contacts there, and we they're very positive. So we hope to have a presence in every single county in the republic with a, before the end of 2019. 
Yeah, awesome. And just tell me a bit about the, I suppose, the, what we do for councils, uh, right? In installing the waste dispensers and what kind of an impact it has on waste management. Okay, the, what we do is we, for some counties and some tidy town groups, community organisations, we will actually site the dispensers for them. We'll go to the area, we'll have a look around, we'll see where the best places are for them, we'll see where the footfall is the greatest and where people walk their dogs, obviously, and then we will site the dispensers there. Uh, we will fill them then with bags and we will give them replacement bags like boxes of, they come in boxes of 800 so they can get quite a, a large quantity of bags in a, just a few boxes. So then we will supply them on an ongoing basis. Some some places we have an ongoing just, just arrive and deliver and other places will give us uh, either a phone call or they will contact us via the website or they'll contact us via my email which is kiran at mutmits.ie. Uh, we will then, every now and again, we will have a visit to the areas and if we, you know, we'll check out the dispensers, make sure that they're opening and closing properly so that people can refill them and take out the old uh, headers. And we'll also give them a clean, if, you know, we'll, just an ordinary warm water sponge just to make sure there's, you know, a little bit of dust or a little bit of um, cobwebs can, yeah. can form in these things. So. And other than that, then, we also would speak to groups uh, in relation to their need for uh, dispensers. Uh, we also work with them in relation to the cost. Uh, you know, obviously, all these uh, products nowadays have VAT attached to them, so we, we have to charge VAT. So the councils, uh, you, sometimes they'll pay for a tidy towns group to, have, to get them, so they'll be able to, to look after the VAT. And, uh, you know, we will just advise them we, you know, the advice obviously is free we'll travel to the like I've travelled up to Cavan several times we don't charge for that because we're looking at the bigger picture here that we might get some business out of it and if we don't at least we're still spreading the word yeah and I suppose like there's a lot of problems there, there with dog owners especially not being responsible not cleaning up after them um, like I know around Limerick especially like there's, there's a big lack of any sort of facilities around uh, especially Limerick City and on the boardwalk it's just days if you actually walk down around there and it's completely filthy to walk down around there yeah I, I, I'm based in Limerick Clare area myself and I, I've, I've seen that the the boardwalk in, in the city the, there was millions spent on these things there was millions spent on Polly's Key the fantastic amenities but they are littered with with um, dog waste and there's there's no you know disputing that um, there was um, some uh, loudspeakers there for a while you know they have their purpose but long term they're, they're, they're probably not a great idea if you're sitting there on a board flies past it activates it so yeah. you know you're sitting there relaxing looking at the, the river Shannon flowing away and looking at canoes and rowers, rowers going up and down and you're hearing the sound. So it actually puts people off walking down there, enjoying the facilities. Um, but, we, you know, if you if you want a clean area, you're, you're going to have to do something proactive. And at present in Ireland, there is only 199,000 dog licences taken out. In the last uh, year, records of 2018, there was 199,000. It's estimated by a lot of different uh, sources that there's about two million dogs so only one in ten of the dogs you see walking on the streets are licensed 
probably less than that are chipped. And like all dogs over six months now are supposed to be chipped. Mm. So the the enforcement of these is 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 minute, you know, you know, minuscule. So, you know, it's a huge issue. Uh, people are walking in it. Uh, I've seen several uh, reports on social media. I spoke to an Australian group of rugby players that were here uh, about three months ago. They were staying in the city, playing a couple of games, and they, the one thing they said they noticed was the amount of dog falling on the streets. Now, that might sound rich coming from me because I'm in that business, but I wasn't talking to the guy uh, as Kieran Sheehan from Mutnitz, Ireland. I was talking to him as a rugby uh, supporter. But he just commented that, and I said, that's funny because I'm in that business. And we chatted, and he said, well, you'd never see that in Australia, and you'd never see it in New Zealand. And that's because they're proactive, you know, and... It's it definitely it's an education. Uh, it's it's education. It's encouragement. It's enforcement. You know, you educate people about the, the, the laws in relation to dog fouling. You educate them in where the dispensers are, that they can use bags. You know, they can put them into any bin in the city. But then you encourage them then, you, you give them the dispensers, you put them up in walking areas, you put bags in them, you refill them when they're empty, you give them out free to people at events, uh, anything to do with dogs, you give them out, you give them out in the streets if necessary, you give them out on a sunny day when people are walking, and then you have to enforce the law. It's a very simple thing. Like this thing, you hear people, oh, we're gonna have to bring in new laws about dog fouling. Oh, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. That's, you know, to be political, I'd say that's terrible. To be honest, that's BS, because the laws are there. The Controller Dogs Act is quite clear that you have to bring something with you to pick up after your dog. So you don't need an extra law. The one thing I would suggest is that the penalties be changed. You're never going to collect 150 euro from somebody for dog fouling. You're never going to collect 200 euro, I think it is in Limerick City, for not carrying a bag. What you will do, you will collect 20 euro from them. And someone's walking along the street without a bag to collect after their dog. You've put all the facilities there. They're just walking past them. In the, and it's no good them telling you, oh, my dog never goes to the toilet in the city. That's just a load of, you know, <laughs> cards well up. The dogs will go, you know, and that's it. Yeah. You, you can't stop them. You can't say, hey, you know, you can't go there. That's the way to get home. So once you give them all the facilities, once you give them all the education, then you, you, you enforce. It's, not, it's a very simple thing. Forget about trying to catch people's dogs going, going to the toilet on the street. You're never going to prosecute people for that because the chain of evidence, you're going to have to collect the dog poop, you're going to have to get a sample from the dog, you're going to have to get it all checked, DNA. That's, that's, that's a red herring. Forget about that. Yeah, it's costly. What you need to do is enforce people carrying bags. Enforce licenses. Enforce chipping. That's what. That's there's there's the, there's there's the road to go down. Because once you do that, people will find that they have to have a bag, and then you find them twenty euro for that. They'll pay the twenty euro, and the next time they'll make sure they have a bag. Yeah. You know, trying to trying to tell them that you're going to prosecute them for your dog pooping over there on the green. It's, it, it's never going to happen. It, it, look at the facts. The figures are there. There's only been a couple of prosecutions in the whole country for dogs pooping on the street. Because the first thing they'll say when they go into court, 
chain of evidence. Where's the where's the where's where's the the, the, the deposit that was left on the street? Where's the, the chain of evidence that was mined all the way to the lab to be DNA tested? So you need to target other things. Target the bags, target the the DNA outside the the chip, target the licenses. That's what you need to go on. And that's that's what, what Mutmitz is, is suggesting and that's what we plan on bringing in uh, another arm to our business in the next uh, couple of months that we will offer that service to the councils we will offer uh, a uh, license checking system we will offer a, a, a bag checking system we will offer system where we will check the dog for a chip and then we will put it to the owner of the dog or the person walking the dog or whoever these are the things you need you have a choice do you need do you want to get a license or do you want to get a dog chipped or do you want to carry bags or do you want to have a fine mm. yeah it's not it's not a money-making exercise it's to educate. extend and educate the people yeah. mm. that if we offer that service it takes that service away from the county councils the pressure that they're under but it will be self-financing because if you look at 199,000 dogs, that's four million euro a year, when they should be bringing in 40 million. Yeah. And that then would, would pay for our services, would pay for bag dispensers all over the country. Yeah, absolutely. And just going back there, touching on, you mentioned the Control of Dogs Act. And have you read much into the, uh, uh, the public consultation that's going on right now? Into we covered this actually in episode one, um, where it actually seems to be rather than to, uh, in relation to dog it's, there seems to be a lot more of a heavier focus on restrictive rights in in that review. Yeah, the, the 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 thing I find about these reviews is that the the, the reviews are being always seem to be held by some people that are not in the trade. Yeah. They're held by senior officials above in some department. They're held by people, the people that involve themselves in these things that have to say, are like department of uh, health officials, department of, we say education, veterinary officers. But they never ask, or never appear to ask anybody in the industry. Now, Mutmits Island is one of the biggest supplier of, of dog falling produce, we'll say, in the country at the, at the present time. Now, there is other, other uh, people out there as well, but I'm not aware of any of them being asked. I certainly haven't been asked for uh, my contribution. And then we'll come out with all restricted breeds that they have to restrict this and that and the other. Yeah, yes, fine. There are certain dogs out there that are deemed to be dangerous. And restrict them. And that's no problem. But if you're going to restrict them, then you have to go up to the places in the cities where these dogs tend to be more plentiful. Like the, the um, bulldogs and boxer-type dogs. I, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of all dogs, but there are certain types. And there's crossbreeds being them. If you're going to restrict these dogs, then they have to have a muzzle on them and all the rest, then you, you have to, you know, you have to target the guy walking down the street with the with the Rambo t-shirt on him, walking down the street with two or three of these dogs with no muzzles on them. Mm. And probably no license either. But, you know, but I'm not trying to stereotype these guys, but you do see them. Yeah. It's got a spade, a spade. So, restrictive dogs, yes, there's a place for that. 
it's like there's a place for the licenses for other dogs and for those dogs as well so you know it's a it's a it's a cover all you, you have to you have to cover everything and like uh, uh, this this public consultation you know i'm sure it'll come up with some good ideas but i think uh, input from the trade and from the business side of it and from the providers of dog fouling legs like we're obviously know what's going on and we, we're, we're in every county so it wouldn't wouldn't kill anybody to give us a phone call and say what do you think of this and what do you think of that yeah i'm sure you know it's you have to expand to to all mm. uh, uh distributors and people in the, in the industry can't be just officials in an office yeah very true very true and tell me john your product like the actual bag itself it's i've used it myself uh, quite often <coughs> it's even like I was out with Killaloo there at the beginning, and just to see the um, the dispensers, and I was actually walking a friend's side out right there, and just to, like the cleanliness of the bag. It's it's much different than any other bag in the fact that it has a, a scoop actually on the bottom of it. Yeah, our bags, without question, are the best quality bags in the market. They're easy to use. The, the bag itself has a double layer at the, we call it the business end, where you actually put your hand into the bag, you go to pick up the, the dog poo, and it has a double layer. So you don't, like, obviously dogs, when they poo, it's like any, you know, dog poop is is, is warm, It's it can be all sorts of uh, formulations, but when you go to pick it up, if you're picking it up with a, a, a bag that you get in a butcher shop that you put your mince into, you're going to feel the heat. You're going to feel the, 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 the whole product. And if you're going to encourage people to pick it up, then you pick these items up. You have to give them good quality. The, the days of, of shipping out, um, you know, a million bags of, of absolute dross quality to people, you know, people deserve better than that. Service users, which are the taxpayers, you know, the, the people that walk their dogs, you know, the people that are using these bags need proper quality bags. Mm-hmm. And it's no point saying to somebody, you can buy 100,000 bags in little for a tenner. You know, but then you use 1,000 bags every time to pick it up, you know? So it's not much good to you at the end of the day. You need good quality. Our bags, will, when you put them on, and I'm, I'm a big size guy with big long arms, I'm six foot two, and the bag nearly goes up to my elbow. So when I pick this up, I can pull the bag then down over my hand with complete comfort, and at the very end of it then I have the bag, it doesn't leak, it doesn't drip out stuff, you know, you can carry it for miles, and then you put it into a bin, if you want to carry it for miles. Now, if you don't want to carry it for miles, you can have it to put it into a closer bin, but if you just want to bring it for a spin, you can. And you can also use it then as a cup for water on a very, very hot day, you're out walking, you can, you can actually put your hand into the bag, Make a little cup of it, and then leave it down. Put fill it with water from your from your bottle. Give it to your dog, and your dog will lick away out of it, no problem. So that's another interesting thing about it. You can't do that yeah. with a paper bag. Try it. You know, get back to me. Tell me how you got on. Here on at mutmits.ie, I'd love to hear you putting a, 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 a bottle of. Of, of, of belly gown into your paper bag and see did your dog drink out of it before it collapsed on the ground. So, good quality, you know, it's not, I'm not here to knock any other quality bags, I'm just saying that if you don't give good quality, people won't use them. 
and we had the best, we were voted the best bag in the market, a, a huge survey done by uh, Paul Pals a couple of years ago. We, and we stand over our, our bags. We stand over our dispensers. They don't uh, get rusty. If they do, by some quirk or fate, we'll replace it without question. There won't be any argument. We'll say, didn't do what I said in the tin, so we'll replace it. Same with our bags. If our bags aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, we will find out why, and we will sort it. So give people the best quality. We give them the best quality. We're prepared to stand over it. Fantastic. Brilliant. And before I wrap up, uh, obviously, I want to talk to you about your own dog. Uh, <laughs> an unusual uh, kind of quirky name that you have for your dog. I think you're a bit of a pizza fan, really, eh? Yeah, well, I, I'm a pizza fan, there's no doubt about it. But I couldn't call my dog Hawaiian, not in, not in Ireland. It just wouldn't sound right. So I had a dog called Pepper. I had her for 18 years, sheepdog. Actually got her from... Uh, a neighbour out the road and it was interesting because she was only a couple of weeks old and they said you know we have a couple of sheepdog pups would you like one now in a village a sheepdog pup you're kind of going oh okay but anyway I, um, the little one decided she liked this pup so funny enough the dog got parvo parvo virus and as a lot of dog owners would know that's like you know a death sentence for dogs and um so and dogs when they're, when they're not well and that they'll go and hide so we had to she kept running out the door and hiding in the garden and hiding under trees so we had to like nearly confine her to the house but she wasn't getting well so i have to pay a special mention to a, a vet that used to be in scarf he's retired now tom henley you know you'll be talking about vets and you'll be talking about nice people and, he brought that dog up to his surgery and kept her for a whole week on a drip in that sort and made sure and came in at night time to make sure she was okay came in two and three visits every night for a whole week so luckily enough she made it and i went to pay him and i thought oh my god i'm gonna have to trade in there's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun but to the smoking tire the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. The economy is crazy right now. All-time high inflation, bearish stock market, rising home prices and interest rates. How do you figure it all out? Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner professional from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but with Facet, a dedicated expert guides you through every financial decision. Facet advisors are certified financial planner professionals and fiduciaries. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. You get an entire team of experts within insurance, taxes, estate planning, and budgeting to make complex financial decisions easy. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit tryfacetwealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. When the kid's here for, for, for the payment, and he said he'd been in business 25 or 30 years at the time, and he had never 
save the dog from Parvo until this one. So he said, this one wasn't him. So I always remember that. And it's funny because Pepper, it was the dog's name, always hated him. <laughs> Every time she'd see him, she'd growl and she'd bark. And so you can imagine they had a bit of a love-hate relationship. But Pepper was getting old, so friends of mine said they had a little cross between a terrier and a sheepdog. Now, I don't really want to go into the technical side of that, but the sheepdog was the dad and the little terrier was the mom. And, you know, I suppose I could be fickle and say, well, I knew both um, the little dog's parents, the puppy's parents, great families. So I said, okay, if she's from these mix, she can't be too bad. So she came and joined Pepper, so we called her Pepperoni. So Pepperoni then minded Pepper as she was getting old, and Pepper, unfortunately, got a stroke, and, you know, she got a second stroke, and, you know, her time, 18 years, was up, so now Pepperoni is the... The, the head uh, head of the house. Not too sure what I call if I ever if something happens to her and I have to get another dog. I'm not really sure what I call her. You know, maybe people can contact me there on uh, as I say KiranaMutnitz.ie and tell me what the next version of pepperoni. Do a poll for you. A poll for you at some stage. Cracker, yeah, back correct. Back Pepper pepperoni. Thanks. No, I, as I say, I like Hawaiian pizza, but I can't really call it Hawaiian. It wouldn't be fair. So um, I, I'm open to suggestions. So that, that's that's my own dog. She's a little cross between um, a sheepdog and a you know terrier or Jack Russell or one of those. And um, she's a long kind of a body on her. And then she's a, a little bit taller than a, a terrier. So, you know, when you look her in the eye, she looks up at you and go, you know, Tell me who I am. <laughs> I just don't, I can't. But yeah, she's a great little dog, great house dog. She barks and barks and barks, and she really is the king of the king of the castle. And one thing I will say about about her is that if you're ever feeling a little bit down, she'll just come up in your lap and she'll just lie down. She doesn't do anything. So you know, dogs are definitely a man's best friend. Absolutely, and this is great. We've been touching on what I spoke with uh, Kelly and Michael last week on episode three about, and that was paying particular attention to the bonds that we have our dogs. Um, Correct. You mentioned that like you lost your own dog after eighteen years. If you don't mind me asking, like I had a dog myself a few years ago. That I lost well, like yeah, that must leave an empty, an empty space. Yeah, it, it was very hard, very hard. Um, I, I was away at the time and. I got a call from the lady who was minor saying that, you know, she was deteriorating big time. I wasn't going to be back for a week. The vet came on and uh, Grainne, she she's the, the vet in, in Scarif now. And um, she said that um, it, it wasn't uh, fair on her to keep her, keep her around. So they had to put her down and uh, I just, it just broke my heart, you know. The, the, but Grainne, in fairness to her, she, she actually went and went instead of just like dumping her into a bin at the back of the, the vet's house or skip or whatever she actually went and buried her then and and she rang me to say that um pepper had a revenge on her for putting her down that um herself and her husband uh, i think her fiance at the time but her husband now and yeah, had got bit by about a million midgets when they were burying her so i suppose uh, pepper did have her final say but it, it was very hard um yeah i still I, I i have pictures of her still and you know i i still look at her picture and go what a great dog you know, yeah. what, if she I, I often looked at her and i almost expected her to, to 
talk, you know. Now, if she had, I'd have kept her alive somewhere and we'd have made millions around the world, Kieran and his talking dog. But, you know, I just, I, 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 I was looking at her several times, expected her to say, Hiya, Kieran, you know, but she never did. And uh, we, we, it was almost like losing a family member. I, 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 yeah. That's like 18 years ahead of me, you know. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was hard, I can tell you. I had never forgotten. That's about eight or nine years ago. Yeah. And she still, and even neighbours of mine, they still mention how good she was. And I tell you, you didn't come near the house when she was there. <laughs> Many a night, my neighbour was passing and um, going home drunk. Um, I won't say who the neighbour is. Uh, Kevin O'Brien, your, sec- your secret is, is good with me. Um, but... He'd say, I'd say, I, I, did you have a good night last night? And he'd say, what do you mean? I said, well, you were going home around three o'clock. I can't understand why you're walking through my yard to go home, but anyway. Um, and he said, how do you know that? Because Pepper used to bark like mad. So that's, a, that's how I knew you we were. So, good man, Kevin. Thanks, thanks for waking me at three o'clock in the morning. But yeah, it was hard. There's no doubt about it. It was very hard. Yeah. And I can completely resonate with that because, like I said, I lost my own dark coco three years ago, and it, it really is like losing a part of the family. You know, it's, it's weird because, like, even though you mentioned that you had pepperoni, like, I got Bruno uh, literally the following day as well. And, but you know what? Like, I think there's some comfort as well. Having, a, having, a, having the other another dog there, they they know what you're feeling and they, they are some comfort. Well, I I think definitely because Pepperoni was actually there when when Pepper was very very sick, and she was like get into the like the, the dog basket beside her and she just kind of lied there with her yeah. and like Pepperoni was just about able to get up and go out, do her business and come back in. You know she was she was really struggling. She couldn't eat eat hardly, but. Pepperoni would lie in beside her and we'd put the food down and, you know, she'd kind of nudge Pepper to get up and she'd get up and eat something and Pepper would kind of follow her and it, 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 it was a huge comfort and then when, when she passed or when she was, you know, had to go, um, her time had come that Pepperoni kind of just came up and just put her head in my lap and you'd almost say, it's okay, I'm here now, you know, yeah. I look after you. And, it was huge, and uh, yeah, it, I remember Coco as well, uh, Dara's dog, and I, I can imagine the, the the trauma. You know, I can. People say, oh, I I know how you're feeling, and, and you say, how do you know that? You've never had a dog. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. person says to you, I know how you're feeling, and they've had a dog. Yeah. You know exactly that. Yeah. But the, that they do know how you're feeling. So, yeah, it's it's it's. It was great, it was great, yeah. and she's a great dog. So. And you look back, you're, you'll always look back at the happy memories that the two you had. <coughs> oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that yourself and Pepperoni have already made so many, like have made so many. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, it's great when you take Pepperoni out. She always wants to fight the big dogs. You know, I'd be telling her, start with the small ones, you know, build up. But no, she will pick in the biggest dog. If an elephant came along and two giraffes, she'd have to pick the elephant, you know? She just wouldn't pick the, the smaller one, you know, the, the giraffe, the lighter one. Oh no, sticks the chest out, up onto the biggest dog and box. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, she's a lot of fun. And uh, she, when you when you let her out, um, she does laps at the house. You, know, you can run all the way around the house. And she, when you're doing maybe cutting the grass, she will do about 40 laps. And you come back in, and then she's panting inside, and she lay down, she fell asleep. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know why she does all the laps, but 
that's what she does. She just runs around and around and then falls asleep. And then she wants to sit in your lap as, you're, as she falls asleep. So it's, yeah, she's, 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 she's a cracker. Yeah, we've, we've good, we've good fun. Yeah. Brilliant. And that's what you want. Yeah. And Karen, just to finish off, uh, if anyone wants to uh, purchase uh, some yeah, it's very easy to get in contact with me. Um, we have a Facebook page, uh, Mutt Mits Ireland. Uh, go on it there. Um, it has a lot of information about where Mutt Mits are, uh, where the new places that they're being put into. Uh, it also, you can contact me on the Facebook page, which you know, obviously just message me, DM or whatever, or send a put a notice up on it. Um, you can contact me at Mutmits, uh, Kieran at Mutmits.ie. That's an easy email. Even I can remember that. Or you can ring me at 087 2244039. Very easy numbers to, you know, double two double four zero three nine. It's it's you know, and it's very simple. You know, just contact us and we'll we'll do the rest. Tell us what you want and we'll we'll have it to you in a couple of days. Don't there's no panic and sometimes I'll even come and deliver it myself. So what better deal could you get? That's for free. Brilliant. That's brilliant, girl. Listen, <laughs> thanks ever so much for joining me today on the Big Bear. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Uh, thanks, Dad. It's it's, it's 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 always it's always a pleasure meeting up with yourself and uh, I know how you how you how you um, interact with dogs. I know you have two dogs yourself and uh, it's it's a great pleasure talking dog to somebody. Really? <laughs> so, okay. Thanks, John. Thanks. A great piece from Kieran and a great informative insight into dog waste measures in Ireland and the work that Kieran does with different councils in improving not only dog waste management but working to improve the legislation and working to improve the different efforts of how to combat the dog waste situation overall. If you do want to get in contact with him, your email address again is qon at mutmits.ie. What I'm going to do now is our little game first of all, and then I'll move on to the next topic. So, or if you listened to the podcast last week and you heard it on the game that I call Name That Crossbreed. So this week I'm changing up the format. This week, I'm going to do a mix of crossbreeds and full breeds as well. So first of all, I'm going to get both of you to answer uh, this particular one. So this is a pure breed. Okay, I'll let Ola, you go first. Labrador. And Emma, would you agree? yeah. <laughs> well, that was an easy one to start with. And Okay, so this one is a crossbreed. Definitely half corgi. What would you what would you say, Ola? I don't know, maybe a corgi beagle? Maybe. Yeah. Corgi beagle? Yeah, I'd say it's corgi beagle. Yeah, but right, it is called a corgi. <laughs> a corgi. Some of these I I'd love to know who actually taught up the names of these because yeah. they're just they're really interesting. So this one is a obviously this then a Hint, not a crossbreed. This is a pretty easy one. Yorkshire Terrier? What do you think, Ola? Yeah, Yorkshire Terrier. <laughs> okay. Because right, I'm trying to make some of them easier because the feedback <laughs> I got last week was like, oh my God, these are deadly. Okay, so this one is. Who is it? It's crossbreed, yeah. It's a crossbreed, yeah. It's a poodle, and it looks like the colour is of a. 
Bernays. That's what I was going to say, Poodle Bernays. Okay. And let's see what this is called. And this is ah. a Bernadoodle. <laughs> Bernadoodle. <laughs> so again, I'd love to know who came up with the name for this. So, okay, this is uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. Like, you don't know this. This is a very obvious one that ever should know. This. Yeah, it's a boxer. Boxer, yeah. That's cute as mine. I love the boxes that have a bit of white on them too. It's like yeah. Okay, so beautiful boxer. Now this one is a bit tougher. This is a crossbreed, and it's a big breed crossbreed smallbreed. A sausage dog. Like, is it would it be a dachshund retriever because it's a bit of long hair in there? Or like, how would that work? <laughs> I'd love to know, but that is actually what it is. This is a golden ducks. Oh, very good. Oh, very good. That's a way better than last week. <laughs> You're going to have to have a chat with Kelly about this one now because, um, like, Kelly and uh, Michael didn't do so well last week. <laughs> So, so far you've got them all right now. Uh, this one is, um, this will be a nice hint here. Let's take Marmaduke. This is a pure bread, yeah? It's a pure bread, yeah. So, have it's I. Been... Yeah. So, okay. A what? A great Dane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, this one is a cross breed as well. I can never pronounce the breed of dog. Crossfit. I know of it, I can't pronounce it. What do you think, Ola? Oh, it's, is it a Sharpe? It's Crossfit. They're yeah. wrinkly ones, aren't they? A Sharpe. An English Bulldog. Yeah, a Sharpe and an old English Bulldog, I'd say. You're right on one of those. Oh, no. <laughs> it's an English Bulldog Crossfit Pug. Oh, where's the wrinkles? With a pug. The wrinkles, I say, come from the Bulldog. Yes. Yeah, the old like I walk one of them, they're actually fabulous. All right, so that was the last one. Yeah, what did he have? Four or five, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he did very well. So okay, and uh, this is one that I really want to touch on you a lot about here because you're very uh, you're talking to you during the week. You're fairly familiar with the situation uh, that has happened in. Um, yeah, actually, on my doorstep, nearly where it happened. Practically, that picture. That's what frightened me. That picture is actually. I'd say 100 metres from my front door where they were seen and I actually walked three dogs by that exact spot on Friday so I was very lucky I missed a few dogs to be honest. So just to give them our way back on the Yorkshire Terrier that was savaged by two Japanese Akihas and this is courtesy of Dublin Live died where I got this from and I was walking her two young grandkids back to school with a tiny Yorkshire Terrier called Rocky large, a large dog attacked from behind and Japanese keyers, as we know, are restricted breeds in Ireland. The, I think the uh, American ones, to be fair. I know they reported they were Japanese, but to be honest, I think they were American. Oh, were they Americans? Okay. So, yeah. the uh, little the granddaughter, who was, I think, nine years old, I believe, grabbed the little dog from the Akihas mouth, and luckily a neighbour was actually, from my right, a neighbour was passing by at the time and was able to get the child with the dog into the car. Uh, all that, seeing as you have a, a bit more familiarity around the area, about the area, would you tell us about um, about this? Yeah, actually, well, to be honest, um, her mother actually contacted me yesterday, so I've been in touch with her, the parents, actually, of the children who the attack happened to, so I wasn't fairly familiar with it. But um, basically, like, as far as I know, 
before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with a synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or OReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's clear to you that de-icing the wings will not be done in a jiffy. You look for phone outlets, but see none. Only photos of phone outlets. A voice announces your gate is now 39C-12B-9A. It's like musical chairs, if musical chairs made you sob in the pet relief area. A child picking his nose stares. His parents have abandoned him. The airport will raise him now. Don't let flight delays ruin your vacation. Go on a real vacation. GoRVing.com. I just put it up basically just to warn dog walkers in the area, please don't walk your dog until we know that. Because as far as I was told, at half 11 at night, were still loose. I didn't know whether it was still roaming or whether the owners had collected them. I think at this stage, as we've found out, the owners, I think, may have collected them about 6 o'clock that evening and took them home, but still not confirmed. Then apparently these two dogs have gotten out, I'd say, 10, 12, 10, 12 times in the last two or three years. Oh, my God. So it's just at this stage, like if they're gonna, they've actually killed the dog. On Friday, they attacked the German Shepherd, a man walking the German Shepherd. The German Shepherd was muzzled, and um, so obviously he intervened and tried. And somebody else chased the two dogs off. So they left the German Shepherd. I don't know if he, the German Shepherd was injured, but I think that man was bitten. Then there was a woman. I can't think of her name, but I think she had a little white beige on. She actually ended up in the vet. She was her backup. That dog was like ripped open, and I think it was choked as well. I'm not sure. By going by the pictures, it was fair, a lot, a lot of damage done to that dog. And then obviously the tour dog we got was the little Yorkshire Terrier for Rocky. Um, and the late old had was holding the leaves. Um, the white teeth apparently just came up from the back. No warning signs on us and they couldn't see anything. They literally just, dogs came from the back and attacked. And then um, the little girl got over Alexandra. She hit the white dog on the head. She didn't realise how dangerous the situation was. She's very lucky the dog didn't redirect on her, to be honest. Um, so when she hit the dog in the head, the dog actually for a split second released its jaws and she pulled her dog from the other from the dog's mouth like and kind of took off down the road and like you said, got into a neighbour's car. But when they were getting into the neighbour's car, the two Akitas were actually in chase of her at that time. So she's very lucky they got into the car when they did. Yeah. Um so it's just a really, really dangerous situation. They're really just like a load of gone waiting to have like they just shouldn't be out on a company. They're a big breed, they're bred for taking down livestock like And you know, like just going back to like the like that nine year old girl, Alexandra, like and 
I suppose when it comes to our dogs, just instinct takes over as well. And it's like, I know for a fact I'd do anything to protect my dogs, but at the same time, you don't want you don't want your own hand bitten off or you don't want it to lose a leg or anything with breeds like this. Yeah, exactly. Like, in fairness, like, my dog has been attacked once or twice when I walk around by awfully dogs and obviously I have state of experience or whatever. I've no issue jumping in and pulling two dogs off my own dog, but, like, with two Akitas, I don't know whether I'd think twice. I probably wouldn't, in fairness, if it was my own dog, but, like, at the same time, you're not really going to win that fight with two Akitas, like... Yeah, it's a look. It's a very sad situation, and if you happen to know, like the um, family that were involved, do pass on our, our condolences as well. For the yeah, I, de- I definitely will. The plan is now at the moment. In fairness, they're very rocky, rocky but um, the little girl that over, she just when she's closing her eyes, obviously are going to sleep, but she's just thinking of rocky, and she's afraid to leave the house now at the moment because as far as she's concerned, the dogs are going to come for her. They didn't get rocky, so they're coming for her. So God love her, and it will take her a while to get over that. But um. Fingers crossed, she will eventually get over it, but sure, it will something that will stick with her forever, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, I'm going to move on to a what is probably, hopefully, a bit more lighter. That was a that was a very uh, tough topic, I think, and like let's probably try and get a bit more, um, I suppose, a bit more lighter. And so I suppose everyone is kind of familiar with. Boris Johnson, the new uh, PM, who nobody over the side really seems to like um, for a lot of good reasons. But in one good news, uh, this week he did adopt a 15-year-old Jack Russell Cross, uh, 50, that should be 15-month-old, I'm assuming, uh, Jack Russell Cross <laughs> rescue puppy uh, named Dylan. So uh, the dog was adopted by Boris Johnson and his partner from Friends of Animals Wales in Rwanda. Uh, it was abandoned by a puppy farmer because it was under shot and had a misaligned jaw. I'm not really sure how uh, Larry, the resident cat number 10, is going to feel about this because Larry has served under three uh, prime ministers and he, when Theresa May used to be speaking outside of 10 down the street, you often see Larry just walk past and like, just appear in the, in the camera. Now, the one thing I will say, like I don't have a huge amount of time for Boris Johnson myself, but... He's a big advocate for animal welfare and there's a new law after being passed and is due to come into uh, effect next spring called Lucy's Law, which will ban the sale of uh, puppies and kittens by child parties by next spring. So, like, that's, like, he's doing something right there. Yeah. And, like, quite a look, judging on Sky News today, how long will he be in power? God only knows. Like, he's doing something right there anyway. And, like, it's great to see there's still a... Uh, like, Top level politicians who actually do care about animal welfare as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, and it needs to be highlighted as well. Like, I know you can be off for animal welfare, but a lot of people have this. I don't know whether it's just whether it's social media or what it has, but it's just increasing like purebreds and bad breeding. And like, yeah. everybody wants to sign their dog and a handbag dog, or they want the best of the best. Oh, my puppy has like show parents and stuff. Like, oh, I just think that's ridiculous. There's thousands of dogs need to be rescued, like and iron rescues looking for their forever home. I just think if the celebrities just start promoting that rather than the designer dogs, it would be a lot better for animal welfare. My um my first boxer, Oreo, um obviously we had never gotten a dog before, so we didn't know anything about where to get them, whatever. So we ended up getting it from what we now know as a dog breeder. And when we picked her up, we were told that it's normal for dogs to have worms and covered in fleas, like they're born with it apparently. So we got her and she was very, very skinny. Like she had the pot belly 
because she was malnourished. She was all bones. She was riddled in worms. You could see the fleas just crawling over her skin. Um, she had hip dysplasia. Um, she was underweight. Like it was when we brought her to the vet. The vet was so furious because he knew that she came from there. And a few years down the line, I was talking to a woman who lives in the area where the dog feeder is. And I, when I told her the area of where we got her, she was like, oh, you didn't get it from so-and-so. And I was like, yeah, we did. And she was like, he treats the dogs horribly. Like, they're just left yeah. out in the shed. Like, he doesn't care about them. He just wants the money. And the one good thing about the this review of the Control of Dogs Act, which is one thing that they're looking at is banning, for example, the sale of breeds on or the sale of dogs online, which would be it's legislation that's needed because I think like social media and I think the likes of Dundee and these sites have just made it way too easy for mm-hmm. for these puppy farmers and illegal breeders to stop it. Yeah, I've seen it way too many times that people will buy a dog off Dundee and then it's it's like this little thing that's probably not even a dog. Yeah. Um, and they have to get put down because their their life is just pain because they've been inbred to create this tiny little teacup dog. Yeah. And it's just, it, it needs to be put down. Yeah. It's awful. Okay. Not sure how that one turned out. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Now, uh, something I'm going to introduce this is the first time I'm doing this on uh, the podcast, given that it's only episode four. We're going to be introducing uh, new features as we go forward. So this week, uh, is the first one of the dogs of the week. So we have two dogs that are going to be uh, looking at here, and these are great followers of Back and Mad on Instagram. And the first is uh, called Max. Max is 50% golden retriever and 50% Irish setter. And he's a handsome boy who loves his walks, he loves the beach, and posing for pictures. And he has his own Instagram page called Maximilian14. So Max underscore A underscore million 14. So like he's um I always see photos of him popping up and like he's always tagging back and mad in photos as well. So we often share his photos on the story as well. So he's his brother then, who looks nothing like him. Uh, <laughs> this is the other dog that they own. This is Cooper. So Cooper is a Jack Russell. He loves to chew things. He is a brother from another mother to Max. And you can follow him on Instagram as well, Ash Cooper on the stroke and on the stroke call. So two lovely dogs, and we're going to have more dogs of the week uh, going forward in each episode as well. And if anyone wants to get their dogs of the weekend, just uh, tag us over on Instagram at barkingmad.ie. Okay, so given that, like, all uh, I suppose big fans of like the various adoption agencies this is the feature just last week called the adoption corner i'm going to be uh liaising with like different animal welfare groups uh each week so this week last week we did a dog action welfare group down in county park uh we featured them and this week it's the turn of madra so much anonymous dog rescue and adoption who are based in uh Carroll in county galway so literally way way out on the uh west irish coast and what we do here is we just pick a couple of dogs and just share our story. These are dogs who are looking for their own forever homes. First up, we have Freya, uh, a.k.a. Freeway. I don't know how either of those even sound alike, but uh, she's a lab cross collie, very affectionate, uh, obedient and blasted. 
and she will not be trustworthy around sheep apparently so maybe that's how could be how she ended up in um in the shelter and she'll need a secure gun on urban second and if you're interested in adopting freya uh you can go to madra.ie and milo is the next one milo is a three-year-old german shepherd was surrendered to the pound he's a big soft boy who's struggling in kennels and He's looking for a home with experience at a breed. So once again, you can go to Madra.ie if you're interested in uh, adapting uh, Milo from, uh, from Madra. Uh, next up, we have Jamie, who is our golden oldie choice, as we're going to call it. Uh, Jamie is nine years old. And okay, I think the, I probably forgot to update the actual description, but uh, I think I forgot to update the description from last week, but a beautiful uh, uh, collie looking for its home as well from Madra. So again, you can go to madra.ie and find more information there. And then we have Bernard, who is a Pomeranian. And I think uh, Michael, if he's listening, and the fact that he's over in Ireland actually this week with uh, Burley, Burley, who knows, might want to put on this stuff. <laughs> and uh, Bernard is, it's an unusual name for a palm, if you ask me. But is five years old and a stunning Panamanian boy. Has spent time at the pound and now he's at the shelter, ready to begin his next chapter in life, the one where he finally finds the home he deserves. So he's under assessment for now, but he would uh, prefer the company of adults. So, uh, Michael, if you're listening, there's uh, another palm there for you to meet with uh, an immediate character, maybe. Okay, so. Have, I think I have one or two other features to do. This one is called the Big Back Birthday Show Host. So we have a dog whose birthday is the 4th of September. And this is Dyson. So Dyson is a Northern in- Inuit, I believe is how you pronounce it. So these were used in Game of Thrones as Dyrwolves. And the most famous of this breed in Game of Thrones, uh, I believe, is Ghost. I've never, like, as I mentioned last week, I've never actually seen Game of Thrones. But I've seen plenty of pictures of the uh, Dyrwolves in Game of Thrones. And he is seven years old uh, on the 4th September. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday. Basically, what I'm just going to ask both you now is, I'm going to uh, start with you all. Uh, what is your... What's your favorite feature about Baxter? Like, what do you love most about Baxter? Um, Baxter probably his ears, even though they're floppy ears. I don't know. He's every time he moves, there's a different way. He has a different facial expression. Like they don't just stay floppy. He has to like pet them up, or I don't know. It's just he, like like you were saying last week, the puppy dog eyes. He just really enforces the puppy dog eyes, but whatever way his ears are, so it just drags you in. Just one treat. <laughs> Lovely. And Emma, what about you? I think I have a phone here to show you. My favourite part of Polo is this little bit of lift that just comes down. It's oh, it's gorgeous. I <laughs> <laughs> did that as well, actually. Oh. Yeah, and she has an overbite as well, so sometimes she shows like a little smile and you just start laughing at her. She's like conscious of why you're laughing at her. It's so cute. Oh. <laughs> Well, look, guys, I'm going to leave it that for this week. Uh, thank you both so much for joining me. Uh, Ola, it was a pleasure. Thank you for joining all the way from Dublin. And thank you. it was great thank to hear a bit more about Baxter. If anyone wants to find out a bit more about Happy Paws, uh, how do they get in contact with you? 
Yeah, I'm actually, it's about it's Happy Paws with two W's because there's a Happy Paws dog room in, in Dublin as well. So I've you know, spelled it with Happy Paws, P-A-W-W-S. Happy Paws on Facebook or Instagram, it is at happy underscore paws with two W's underscore dog walking. Um, so on Facebook or Instagram. Brilliant. And all right, thanks so much for joining us. And hopefully we'll have you on the show again soon. And Emma, thanks so much for yes, coming out and talking about Polo and sharing your story as well. It's been a pleasure to both of you. And before we wrap up, it's time to just announce the winner of our competition from episode three. So we are giving away a basket of treats courtesy of Reroll Pet Treats and the Barking Baker. The winner of our episode 3 competition is Anya from Galway, who has a beautiful beagle named Hunter. Congrats, Anya. We'll be in touch to get that out to you in the next few days. And now our competition for this episode. Once again, we'll be giving away another wonderful treat basket full of treats from Revo, the Barking Baker. I will include some mutt mitts to clean up after your dog to ensure that you don't get nasty fine. And two runners up will each receive a bag of reward jerky also. To enter, post a picture of your dog on Instagram, tag mad underscore IE, and we will be picking the cutest doggies in our next episode who will be in the running for this awesome prize. That's all for this week. Coming up in episode 5, we'll be chatting with Urban Tales, Doggy Daycare and Lemak. We'll have a brand new puppy panel once again to tell us about their dogs. Have a back and mad week and we'll chat to you next episode.